everybody to the my patriot show today i have a fellow new yorker i got nico from upstate unconventional on um i was a guest on his show um which i am going to be releasing that also it was a, one of the better interviews i think i've had in a while so i did want to replay that but today i am having him on to cover a topic that i actually think is very uh it's very important you know i, I think nowadays Besides just the media, uh, there's other ways that they try to put mindset into people or children or kids. And, uh, you know, that can also be in the education system. And uh, Nico from Upstate Unconventional was going to uh, cover some maybe experiences of things that he's seen in that, uh, I guess, in that department. So if you yeah. want to, so, uh, and, and also before um, we go on, please plug your stuff and let people know where they can find you also. All right. Well, New York Patriot, thank you so much for having me on. I sure, got to say, sure. um, your episode was awesome on my show. So thank you so much for coming. Yeah, on I had a really show. good time. That was fun. Yeah, and thank you. Thank you for inviting me on here, too. Yeah. Um, I got a lot of positive feedback from it. So oh, awesome. I'm sure That's your good. fans are going to love good. it, too. Good. Good. Uh, yeah. So I guess I'll just kind of introduce myself a little sure, bit and, sure. uh, oh, and give and, my background. And, 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 where they, and where they can find your show. Before we forget. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> it's all good. So I just, I just started my podcast. It's called Upstate Unconventional. It's on all the major platforms. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at upstate underscore unconventional. Uh, kind of dive into some paranormal stuff, but lately it's been really going down like the conspiracy path. And we throw in some spirituality and stuff too, but it's a cool little show, you know? Yeah, you're pretty just, diverse, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean... They, actually, they tell you you should be niche, but I figured this is, I like to talk about everything. You know what I mean? So, you know, I was going to start a, something like that. I'm worried about doing it on my own show, but I have started thinking about going out into like other things that I find interesting at least, which would kind of be like paranormal and, and stuff that just I don't normally do. So I'm going to see how well that goes. Yeah. I mean, for me, I have this belief that, because I've had a ton of paranormal experiences throughout my life, and they've led me to look into spirituality to yes, figure out what yeah. the hell some of this stuff is. You that's know, really, yeah, that is true. I mean, that's been my experience as well. And then you get into spirituality, and then you're looking into all these different philosophies, these different schools of thought, and things like that, and it it leads you right back to conspiracy, and you're like, holy shit, they're lying to us about everything, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we can go into some paranormal stuff, too, after this, if you want. Whatever you want to oh, do, yeah, it's your yeah, show. Yeah, but uh, sure. I'll just... Yeah, no, I might have I'll, you... Uh, yeah, if I start doing that type of stuff, I might have you back on for that, too, so... <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, but definitely. I, I'm, I mean, I'm going to try to put something out for Halloween. I'll see how well that does. And then after that, I might start doing more stuff, like, just different things besides all uh, cult and conspiracy stuff. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, I think it all ties just, in anyway. You know what I'm for saying? Me, I think it all connects in different ways anyway. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, and, and it's good to just break it up sometimes too. You know, you just got to, you, you start like going light. down these dark rabbit yes, holes and yeah, you're like, oh, holy man. shit. So I just want to hear a ghost story. I want to <laughs> yeah. hear a Bigfoot encounter or yeah. something. Yo, every time, um, 
you know, not, not to post my uh, other show, but every time uh, me and Lux do something for uh, the, the occult rejects, you know, we end up just like, <clears throat> after we're done doing a series, especially if it's a couple of parts, we're just like so burnt out. It's like, we don't, we would never even put it all out at once because it's like, you need a week just to decompress from all the stuff. So you got to release all the parts differently. Because you're just like, fuck, like, <laughs> if you get, like, really deep in, into some of this stuff, it can kind of, like, really fuck with your head a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Or, like, just, like, beats you down after a bit, like, constantly looking at fucked up shit, you know? I know. Like, even me, I'm going down this, like, Tartarian rabbit hole now. Do you ever go down and look into that kind of stuff? <laughs> or? Um, Myself, not that much. I'm interested in it. I know Lux uh, has, and... It was actually something he's mentioned a few times he would like to cover. So I'm assuming we're going to. I just, I don't know much. Uh, what I do know, I have often wondered if that's what we're actually living in now. Or some, or like another version of that. Yeah. I feel like it kind of goes back to Atlantis. But yeah, yeah, this, has been a well, problem. That's what my... this is a problem of mine, man. I go on these different <laughs> tangents and stuff. <laughs> and then but... you get burnt out, right? And you're like, fuck. And then you did, and then mm-hmm. like what you said, then now you want to see something like some, you know, some silly, uh, mindless stuff just to like kind of calm, you know, decompress afterwards. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's how, that, that's kind of how my teaching career was, man. It was just like <laughs> after four Fuck. and a half years and five, if you count my student teaching and stuff too, it was like, I just had to get the hell out of there. I just couldn't do it anymore. It was yeah. insane. But, um, well, at least you're happier now, right? After you left. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it was That's like the writing was on the wall. I'll get into that, too. You know, just like some of the hypocrisies that are in the public school system is just it's just crazy. I mean, I'll give my background. I, uh, I graduated from SUNY New Paltz in uh, the fall of 2013. I have a bachelor's degree in English language arts and a bachelor's degree in secondary education with a concentration in English or ELA. English language arts. Um, after college, I was completely burnt out just from college alone. Because <laughs> in New York State, they make you do your student teaching, and you don't get paid through that. So you're you're doing the full work of a teacher. You have a mentor and everything, but you're expected to do all this, and it, it takes up your whole day. You know, I mean, yeah. you can't work. Uh, I still had a, a job on the weekends and stuff just to pay because, but it, it's taxing, you know? So after it, I, I was just like, I'm done. I took a couple months off. I went and lived down in South Carolina on a boat for a little bit, <laughs> sailed up really? from South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, we can get into that another time too. Cause I had a couple weird paranormal experiences sailing, which were interesting, but wow, that's wild. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun, but then I got back, and um, I guess we'll just kind of go into college. I mean, because, yeah. you know, I kind of got guilted into going into college, which <laughs> was interesting. Un- I'm laughing, but it's because I can understand that. Like, I totally so get when, that, being guilted into yeah. going to college. <laughs> so, like, when I was 17, I was working, like, three or four different jobs. I was making a good amount of money for a 17-year-old kid. And my parents were like, you got to go to school or you got to move out. And I was like, yo, I was, I I was given actually the same, the same, uh, ultimatum. And I I just moved out. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, I know I should have so done why, it. But that's the why was, I laughed oh, at you being like guilted into college, into college, because I was like, that was kind of like I was guilted into not going. You know, like I felt bad because I didn't go. <laughs> so I, I totally get that. Yeah. So I, I did two years at community college, which were great. You know, I mean, if if anyone is, and I want to just kind of put this out as like a public service, announcement. if you're going to go the college route. I definitely recommend people think about that first. You know, this is a serious decision. You're going to be, it's, it's expensive, but I can give you a little tip. Like I went to community college for two years. I paid for college with cash. You know, I, I have no debt or anything like that. So that's a good thing, but definitely go the community college route because you can kind of figure out what you're really into and whatnot. So I went for writing in English and, you can't really do much with that. So I got kind of steered into the teaching direction. Mm. And so I did the two years there. That was a ton of fun. Good time. I get to SUNY New Paltz and it was just like a complete shift in atmosphere. Really? The school, the community college I went to was like a small town kind of, you know, not very many people. Other, if there was a knew each other already and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I, it was a different town than I grew up in, so I didn't really know anyone. Oh, but okay. it was a smaller community. Maybe like if there was a thousand, two thousand kids oh, that went okay. there, I'd be surprised, you know. But it was just a lot of farmers. They had like an agricultural program and stuff like that. So it was just more like down to earth people. Gotcha. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I went down to SUNY New Paltz, and it was like the liberal central man, and it was. I it was, was going to ask you, so did it get real liberal when you got there? <laughs> Uh huh. You said the liberal. Section. I mean, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it just because I, I was raised pretty conservative for the most part, and I, I would consider myself like a libertarian, you know, more mm-hmm. so than a Republican. But man, when you get get down there, this was like the start of like this progressive craziness, and. I'll just like give you an example. I had a young adult literature class and one of the first books we read in this class was Alice in Wonderland. And someone brought up the fact that Lewis Carroll, the author of Alice in Wonderland was a pedophile. And the teacher was just like, yeah, you know, eh, that's not that big of a deal. And I was like, that's, that's a red flag. Right you know what I mean? Like that to me was like, okay, we're not oh, dealing with people that are thinking, day. <laughs> on a rational scale. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, it just, it, they don't want you, they, they preach that they're going to teach you like critical thinking and stuff. But when it comes to writing papers and things, they don't want to hear any new ideas. Everything's already been written. They want you to just regurgitate so you can graduate, you know, <laughs> regurgitate so you can graduate. Yeah. And <laughs> so, it was just like, I, I just did not fit in very well at all. And by like my second year there, I was, I was pretty much done. But then it gets into like the teaching classes and stuff. And there's a class called diversity in the classroom. Mm. And this is like kind of, I got to be careful with how I word this stuff. You know what I mean? Cause you can come off sounding like an asshole, but like, I, I just want to say up front, I think diversity is a beautiful thing. You know what I mean? Uh, it's what makes this country great. It's what makes us what we are. 
but they put this like weird spin on it. And diversity in the classroom. Well, isn't that how they always do it? They oh, come yeah. out with say something that sounds great and sounds nice, and then they, you know, it turns to shit. <laughs> they put some spin it, on it. <laughs> yeah, and it's honestly probably one of the most racist classes I've ever sat in. Like some of the stuff they say, I mean, they're like, basically they'll say things like you have to assume that like black kids are underprivileged, black students are underprivileged, they're lacking a father figure, things like this. So you have to accommodate that in the classroom and you shouldn't use examples in your texts and your lessons that include father figures or include families because it'll make those kids feel unincluded. And you start to think about that and you're like, you know, like, there's so like, how are you going to tell someone they can't use the phrase father? Like, you know what I mean? And it's just, it, it goes down like these crazy thought processes, these mental gymnastics that are like, again, I got to word this correctly, but then they'll also say things like, you know, Asian students typically perform better. So you should always have like a higher lesson plan ready for like higher performing students, Asian, Indian, oh, Jewish kids. They, they kind of push that idea that they're going to be your top performers. Uh, all white people are privileged, so they don't, they don't matter. See, like, the way, and, like what you said before, the way this is actually, you know, you know, if this is how it's written out or planned out or presented, however, you know, you're saying this is basically, I mean, stereotyping or, you know what I'm saying? Like this is, yeah. more racist than what the, I don't know, you know, than what it thinks it's trying to fix. It's just well, making right. it worse, and it's it's just so fucking retarded how they justify the way that they yeah. do it. And that's and that's what I was going to say. They're, the mindset is they're trying to prevent this problem of racism, but by pre preventing this problem, they're actually planting the seeds for the biases that are going to grow in children's brains. You know, mm -hmm. they're like putting it out there. Like, for example, my four-year-old son does like he does not see color. He plays with all the like he just looks at oh look at that guy there look at that he does not see that. But once you get them into the school system, they start telling you oh you know Black History Month, Asian History, this and that, and it's like here now you have a kid and a group of kids because I do believe no one is born racist. But now you have yeah, this group of kids that. that are now looking at each other differently. Like, oh, your culture is different than mine. And I'm starting to think, like, aren't we all American? Don't we have an American culture? Yes, there might be some different backgrounds here and there, different upbringings. And that's all a beautiful thing. But why are we pushing this segregation within the classroom? You know? And, and maybe I'm overthinking it, but it's very prevalent. And especially, like, the school district I started working in, it was like, I, I mean, I was told I couldn't write a kid up because, you know, he came from a, a rough home and he just, he doesn't really know any better. And I'm like, well, if I don't write him up and punish him for the bad behavior, he's going to end up in prison. You know what I mean? It's like, going to continue can't, continuing for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can't, like, tell people that they're, that it's okay because you don't know any better. Like that's it's psychotic thinking. That it really yeah, is. You can, you can only you can only get away with that like a few times, and then after that, it's just like yo, you're just fucked up. Like like this yeah, you're just enabling. Just, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, 
You're 100%. So now this kid, this kid knows now, like, oh, because I'm black or because I'm Mexican or whatever, like, I don't have to follow the same rules that everyone else follows. And I'm sorry, that doesn't fly. Like, it didn't fly in my classroom. And they talked to me about it a lot. They were like, you know, you got to go a little easier on him. And, and again, I don't want to sound like an asshole. I understand a lot of these kids had shit going on at home. And I was always very open-minded to that and very understanding with things. If a kid couldn't get his homework done for whatever reason, or, and I didn't even give homework, but you know what I'm saying? If they couldn't get an assignment done, I would make exceptions. But I'm not going to make an exception because someone is a different color. And that, that's the excuse. Like, that's to me, is, is more racist. Now you're telling yeah, that's them what that I'm he's... Sa- yeah, that's even worse. That's you know, and you know, I wanted to ask you before. I think you had mentioned this class that you were taking. Was this something that uh, the reasoning that you t- you were taking this class was it something that you needed to take to be a teacher? Yes. Okay. All right. Yes, it was a requirement. So you have to have, and, and I mean, this can go into another rabbit hole, like the requirements you need. So, like, you need a language credit, and then just the way colleges rip you off. So, I took a Spanish <laughs> literature course, and I was told that that would count as a language credit because a lot of the you know, stuff was written in Spanish, so they would count. And right before I did my student teaching, I get a thing from the college. They're like, oh, yeah, we can't uh, submit you into a student teaching program because you are missing a language credit. So then I had to go to another community college, take a summer course, costs like $800 for a you know, three-, four-week course to get another two credits in Spanish. It's just like just any little thing they can do to make money. Oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. So, that's it's, a whole it's fucking insane. scheme in itself. You know, the, mm-hmm. that whole, the whole thing is just a whole scam in itself. It is. Up. It really is. And, um, what were we talking about? Oh, so like <laughs> the diversity in the classroom, it's a requirement. You got to take it. Um, there's a couple other, there's a couple stages to that one. And then it kind of goes into like lesson plan. It bleeds into the lesson planning too. So it's like now I have to start making lesson plans that are inclusive to everyone. And now they mask it with, you know, with like disabilities and stuff like that, which I 100% agree with. Not everyone learns the same at mm-hmm. all. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. You know? So like you, well, you should have some components that are for like more visual learners, some mm-hmm. more audio, auditorial learners, things like that. You should have it different. And obviously if a kid has some type of uh, hand, uh, disability or uh, IEP or a 504 plan, you accommodate for that. That's just obvious. But now I have to start accommodating for diversity rate. You know, uh, how do I say this? Like you have to start planning for multiculturalism. So now I can't just teach my lesson plan. I have to include an Asian story, a black story, a Spanish story. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but what happens is when it comes down to your APPR, when you're teaching, they're looking for that more so than what their actual than what the actual lesson is. You know what I mean? So they're saying, uh, and I guess I'll explain what an APPR. That's your um, annual professional performance review. <clears throat> is that what the school and, gives uh, you? Or yeah. So let me just pull up my notes on that because it's been a few years. So your it's your annual professional performance review, and it's based off of the Common Core standards and these new, like, the Common Core standards are littered with all the diversity stuff and everything like that. So 
Uh, what happens is when you're teaching, you get you have to have three performance reviews a year. One, they tell you about so you can plan for it, and then two are just unannounced. So at any time, they, they give you like a week's notice. They'll say like, oh, we're going to show up this week, but they don't tell you when or what class or anything wow. like that. So they just, what will happen is you're teaching, and the principal will just walk in and just grade you on how you're teaching. Mm. <laughs> and it doesn't matter what class they come in, and they base this stuff off of your performance. So all these teachers are on edge all the time trying to just, you know, get through this review. Yeah, yeah. And so, and this is where it gets even more twisted. So, because I don't <laughs> think it's bad to have performance reviews. I don't think that's bad at all. But the way they do it is not great. No, well, and, it's good to know, what the, you know that the teacher is actually doing something, you know. Exactly. Yeah. But when you just ambush, it feels like an ambush. You know what I mean? They like come in and they ambush you and it's like, here you go. Let's see what you did. And God forbid they come into the, and they always come into the worst class. It's like, they know it. You know what I mean? <laughs> they know what class to go into. And, uh, but this is crazy. It's like if a kid doesn't stand a lesson, it's not the kid's fault. They say it's the teacher's fault. Even if the teacher did everything right, followed all the common core standards, uh, included all this diversity stuff and everything like that, if the kids don't understand it, they said that, that you're not teaching optimally. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that goes into like the common core standards kind of go into no child left behind. Are you familiar with that at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with No Child Left Behind, that actually goes back to the Elementary and Secondary Education Act of 1965. But with No Child Left Behind, I think there's a little bit of word magic here with this. And I want to hear your opinion on this. So basically, No Child Left Behind is it says we're going to raise the standards so everyone learns at a higher level. And, but here's the important thing. It's going to be graded by standardized tests. And then, but when you look at the title... No child left behind. They mean that. They don't want any child left behind. So the standards don't actually ever get raised. You end up having to teach. Well, not, not everyone. A lot of teachers don't. But most, a lot of teachers are forced to actually teach to the lowest standard of the class. So everyone passes. So they get a good review. So they can keep their job. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a... Wow. It's crazy, man. You lower your standards, uh, actually, just to make sure the whole class passes. Right. So, in theory, it could work, you know? Like, let's raise the standards high, make everyone reach that goal, and the kids that don't reach that goal, we're going to help them get to that goal. But that's not the reality of it at all, because you have to take into consideration real-world factors. You have these teachers that have to make these diverse lesson plans for 25 to 30 kids in the class, and, like, with me... I had my first year of doing this. So I was a substitute teacher. I had my um, New York State initial certification. And in New York State, you have to get a master's degree after five years of graduating. And then you can, you know, you'll have your master's degree and whatnot. I never had a full-time job. I was a substitute teacher. But because this situation I got thrown into, I ended up being a long-term sub. And I was the seventh grade English teacher for the entire school year. 
of oh, wow. uh, 2014 to 2015. So what happened was the teacher, the original teacher, quit and didn't really tell anyone she quit. She just started taking time off and just didn't show up. And it was a, it was a nightmare. So they, after like two weeks, they were like, all right, we know Nico is certified in English. You know, I've been there for about a year at this point. Everyone kind of knew me and they're like, all right, we're going to put him in there because at least he can kind of get control of the situation in here and whatnot. I didn't have any curriculum. I didn't have any uh, lesson plans or anything. So, and I got thrown into this like three weeks into the school year. So these kids were already used to doing nothing in this class. And it was a, it was an absolute nightmare. And, um, so what I did was just to kind of get a grasp on what they were, their levels were and things like that. I started doing spelling tests and it's, it was going good. I picked like 10 vocabulary words. I started picking some short stories and I was able to get a lesson plan together with literally no help because I was a substitute teacher. So I wasn't a union teacher. I wasn't really, they didn't really treat me like a normal teacher would have been treated with a mentor yeah, and things yeah. like that. I didn't get a mentor teacher for this until like, you know, February. <laughs> so oh, wow. I was just like on my own in here. And, but on so top of it bit. too, they were that's still going to do enough. an APPR review and things like that. So, um, I started doing spelling tests for these kids and no, none of these kids could spell. And here's another thing too. I'm sorry, I'm jumping all over the place, but you can't you can't um, take points off for spelling errors. You can't take points off for grammatical errors. You can only grade the kid on what they're trying to say. You see what I'm and, and like oh handwriting doesn't count. None of this stuff. You can't grade that a kid shit on that. Counted when I was a kid. I know that. What was that? <laughs> that shit counted when I was a kid. Yeah, me sure too. I mean, <laughs> it's insane. So I, I was doing these spelling tests and I was getting good results. You know, the, it was giving them stuff to do in the class while I was working on other lessons and getting things together. And I always, and I was even able to tie it into the common core standards to say that it's an understanding of vocabulary and all this stuff. But then they told me after about two months, because some parents started complaining that I was no longer allowed to teach, uh, to do spelling tests for these kids. Wow. And I was like, okay. Because somebody so, probably felt bad that they couldn't spell something and got upset and so yeah. made, made, you know, bitched about it. Mm-hmm. But, I, I mean, I think it goes even deeper than that. Like, they're trying to kind of just dumb everyone down. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, that's exactly what I was getting out of this. I mean, they're dumbing you down. They're giving you all these different excuses and reasons why when it comes to diversity. I did want to ask, too, did they, um, I mean, you mentioned, like, it was kind of, like, ethnic, but did they ever make you, like, start accommodating to uh, different sexual orientations? You know, like, so, for this particular, when I was teaching, it wasn't that big of a deal. It was always in there. Like, you had to always include some type of, like, I guess, gay pride story or something. Like, you had to include some nonfiction, too. So, yes, they did push for it. Um, again, I was kind of, like, under the radar, so I never really, you know, did any of that stuff. Yeah, well, you were also doing what? You said seventh it? grade, right? Yeah. 
I mean, you could but, probably not even bring up that story, and nobody would even know. You know well, that's the thing, you know. I mean, I mean how, how relevant was you got to be to them. Exactly, you got to. It, it's such a fine line you got to walk when you're teaching seventh graders, man, because they are the most brutal group of kids you'll oh, ever yeah. work with. They're brutally honest, and they they're all smart too. Ninety nine percent of them are very smart, and they ask questions like, "Why the hell do I need to learn this?" And you're like, because uh, the state wants you to. I mean, really, that's what it boils down to. It's like because the state wants you to. So <clears throat> that's funny. I always had a, I always had a lot of success where I would have kids research something they wanted to look into, and then they had to find the story. They like, I would give them options. You know what I mean? So they could figure out something that was, you know, kind of relevant to them. And that kind of skated through all these common core standards with the diversity and stuff because it's like now these kids are picking things they want to talk about. You know, if these kids are interested in the NBA, they can they can do something like that. If these kids are interested in dirt biking and things like that, they can go over there and find these articles and stories, whatever. So there's ways around it if you're clever, but a lot of teachers just they'll take whatever is in the handbook because there is – handbooks and stuff and we can get into some of the ways they grade you oh yeah and how yeah. they'll they'll say like you know if you don't they don't say this directly but you might as well say this if you do not follow the narrative of this story if you have a different opinion if you <clears throat> don't agree with whatever left-wing agenda that they're pushing because it's all left-wing and then oh, what they sure, do is okay. like if there is a right-wing agenda like a, a you know more conservative type story they make it the most blatant crazy you know it's the same thing they do in the news they find the craziest thing you can talk about and then use that as the example so even like conservative people aren't going to agree with this point of view you know what I mean? so it's like they're just pushing this agenda uh through the lesson plans and through how they grade you and well, I think, I think the is, left is actually, yeah, um, when it comes to, like, education, I think it's, like, it's, like, fucking spiderweb in there, like, how they, how they, like, affect the mind of people. I feel like, like, even what you're talking about here, like, the stuff you're, the whole diversity and all that thing, you know, that was in seventh grade. Uh, then I think even as, like, y- younger kids, they're kind of, like, changing things or, or maybe, uh, Come up with excuses or, or stuff to start like being more open, you know, being more liberal, and that you know. Mm-hmm. So like, I see that happening, and then like in the colleges, you know, that I've, I've seen like in my opinion, I think a lot of think tanks are kind of I don't, I don't know the best way to put it, but like I think in like some of these Ivy League colleges and these very like uh, you know expensive colleges, there is like these mindsets that come out of there from, like, the students or the college itself. And I think that even influences now people who are, like, going to be, like, yourself, possibly teachers. So now you've got the mindset and you're teaching it to your students. You know what I'm saying? I feel like it's just, like, a constant thing in education, or like this roller coaster of manipulation with the left. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're 100% right because all these teachers, and, I mean, I, I'm telling you, I felt like such an outcast, not only because... I had more conservative views, but it was just like, I would look at these people in my courses and by the time you get to where I was at, like 
at the end of it where your student teaching, there was 13 people in my class. You know, it was a very small class and I'm looking around and there was like one other guy in there and it's just like, we're looking at each other and everyone's just <laughs> sitting there like, yeah, no, that's, that's great, man. You know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. We should totally be teaching, you know, different genders to third graders. Yeah. yeah that fuck? we got to start it early. And you're like, what the fuck? Come on. <laughs> yeah. And, um, another thing though, is they don't want you failing kid. And this was a huge thing, like a weird eye opener for me because I mean, when I was in school, I'm 29 years old. I was 23 when I was thrown into this situation. Um, my first year teaching. And, uh, so not even that long ago from that time, six years, I mean, they failed kids for anything. You know, you didn't turn something in, you just failed. That was it. Now they're like, they push it. So you can't I wonder if really, that, I wonder what if, was that? I wonder if since they've started that whole thing with, I mean, like, cause they're basically just like, they're just going to push kids right out of school and graduate them anyway, basically. Right. Yeah, I mean, since so I, that since that type of stuff's been going on, I I almost wonder if uh, I could probably bet that people going on social uh, social services has probably gone up. Also, so uh, this whole idea really should not make any sense because it's costing the country more money. I guarantee it. Oh yeah. So, I mean, at least for like the school district I was in, I'm not going to say the name of it or anything like that, but, um, <clears throat> a lot of kids, they would get out, they'd get right on welfare or they'd be in prison, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. And it's, I mean, and then you come out of prison and you probably might have to go on welfare to get back on mm -hmm. your feet and try to get going. So somehow like it's or in prison. I mean, that's fucking ex more expensive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it just really would make no sense whatsoever to really do that for 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 the person no. or the child, and for the parents and just for the you know the government and the town you know the school that just makes no sense. No sense at all. I, I mean, I'll tell you a story too. Unless I was just actually want teaching summer fucking school. Stupid. So, so I um, so I did my first year. I taught seventh grade English, and I was the teacher for the whole year. And they asked me if I wanted the job. And I, at that time, I was so burnt out. I was like, nope, I just want to go back to subbing. And I was at a point in my life where I didn't have a family or anything. So I, I could do that. And then uh, I did another long-term sub. I did a few maternity leaves. So teachers would, you know, go out on maternity leave. I would cover for them. And when you do a long-term sub, you get paid a little more. That's another thing. When you're subbing, even with two bachelor's degrees, you get paid jack shit. I was making $98 a day before taxes. So I was always looking to get a long-term position because then it jumps it up to around like 200 a day. And I don't know if they've, you know, adjusted that for the time, but I, I doubt it. Um, but so I was doing, um, RTI, which is like response to intervention. It's, uh, where you, it's like resource room for kids that come in that need help with reading and things like that. Okay. Yeah. So I've seen, heard of. So I did that for like six months, one year. And then I ended up teaching summer school. And they told me, the principal came out and told me straight up, I could not fail any kids in summer school because they needed them to move on to the next grade. And that goes into like funding and things like that. And it, it's, it's a whole vicious cycle. It's crazy. You know, but, you know what makes that almost makes it like, well, why the 
Why didn't you just answer him in the first place? Well, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, oh, but no, now the... we'll have extra summer school teachers. Or do they just, mm. I mean, do they, how do they even work that out? I have no idea. Do they uh, get the teachers as per as many students there is? Or is there just a set amount that you can have? And regardless if that many kids are there, the teachers will just be there anyway? For summer school or for? Yeah, no, for summer school. Like, how does that work? So <clears throat> the goal is you don't want anyone to go to summer school. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, yeah. that's oh. not the reality. There's some kids that just don't do anything and they're going to fail no matter what. And they're really not ready to move ahead. But instead of keeping them back for whatever reason, they put them in summer school and they call it like a summer enrichment program. So they're going to work on all the skills that they you know, missed out on during the year and then they'll move forward. And it doesn't work. I'll just tell you straight up. It doesn't work because you're, you're, you're building on a faulty foundation. You know, these kids yeah. don't have the fundamental skills to pass in the first place. They're not going to learn it in a, you know, 30-minute summer school class four days a week for a month. And I had this one student, and uh, I had him in my RTI class. He was in sixth grade. He was 12 years old in sixth grade. And he had a reading level of like a high second grade, low third grade reading level. And I I yeah. So first of all, I don't know how he made it to sixth grade. I have no clue how he made it to sixth grade. Wasn't a bad kid, but he just didn't do anything. And because he couldn't, he couldn't read. I mean, really, he just couldn't read. And he was in my summer school class and they're like, you have to pass everyone. And I was like, I, I kind of got into an argument with the principal. I was like, I cannot pass this kid. He literally comes in. He's not a disruption or anything. He comes in, he sits down and does nothing. He won't, he'll just look at the page. He just sits there and does absolutely nothing. So I was like, I cannot in good, you know, it was, with a conscience, pass this child on to seventh grade where he's just not going to do anything. And the principal literally told me like, uh, this might get me in trouble, but whatever. she was like, <laughs> all of his older siblings dropped out. So just pass them through. And I was like, oh no, I couldn't do it. And then luckily, the other teachers that were in the summer school program, too, were like, same thing in my class. He's not doing anything. So they didn't end up passing him. And the next school year, I mean, this principal was, like, furious with us that we failed someone. But it was like, this kid's not ready to go on. And they actually kept him back. So I'm happy I stuck up for this kid. I don't know where he's at now, but hopefully he got some help. But, But it's just that kind of mentality where it's like, just... Just like pass. factory farming, just push them through, push them through. And it, it's crazy, man. If you have a conscience or if you have kids of your own and stuff, you start thinking, you're like, how is this okay? I would not want my child to just be pushed through if they didn't understand things. But, you know, if you're a good parent and what not, you're not going to let that happen. But yeah. sometimes it's just, it's just crazy, man. And I but, think it's um, all part of the plan for them. I mean, I hate to say it, and people, oh yeah, fucking, you know, it's done to them. I think on purpose, or or that that the whole system is, you know, made to do that. It is, it is, and it's if, if you really when look and study how the public school system, yeah, if you look how it's set up, it's it's set up like a prison. 
You know what I mean? You go in, it's the same food they serve and everything, but they, they're like training kids to work in some type of field that that's where the college kids go. And the rest, they either, like we said before, they either get onto some type of social service or they go to jail. And it's really scary to see it. And I just had to get out of it. I mean, I think I ruffled some feathers with the not passing that kid. And there were some other things too, but there was like a full-time position that opened up and everyone was like, you know, you got this position and there's just kind of a formality whatnot. Cause I was already on the fence. I was like, if I don't get this full-time job, then I'll go get my master's and all that stuff. If I don't get the job, I was talking to my wife. I was like, if I don't get it, I'm going to do something completely different. Went to the interview. I was there for four years. They knew who I was. They were like, yep, job's pretty much yours. I'm teaching summer school. And the superintendent walks in with the principal and two people that they were choosing between hiring. They kicked me out of my summer school class and let them teach a lesson for part of their job interview. And I was like, okay. I'm done. I'm done at this point. Wow. Yeah. So, and then they told me, oh, it's because you didn't have your master's. And I was like, well, during the interview, you said I could get my master's. And that's another kind of catch 22 they have where it's like, (laughs) you need to have your master's to get a full-time job, but to get your master's, you need to have work experience. So it's this circular reasoning where it's like, well, pick one. Am I going to focus on working first and then get my master's? Or am I just going to go get my master's and then get into the workforce? But, yeah, it, it goes... Put you into more it, debt right there. It's crazy. And then that yeah. kind of... They weren't really doing anything with like critical race theory or anything, at least where I was, but I know that's kind of bled into it now. And I don't know. I mean, do you have any questions before I you know, keep rambling on? <laughs> I feel like I'm all over the place. No, no. But, I thought you actually... It was pretty good. I, uh... But like I mean, like I like I was saying before, you know I think schools have a lot more to do with uh, do with the way society is being shaped, um, you know. And and I had always looked at it as uh, maybe like extreme um, to the left, you know, with the sexuality and more of like maybe just me, uh, maybe more communist and socialist ideas, but. I'm um, just like listening to you and then like, you know, hearing a little bit about the diversity, you know, just with that and the whole, uh, you know, no kids left to be behind. Like you really think about it. That's some pretty damaging. Uh, I don't know what to explain, uh, how to explain it. I guess way, ways of ways of doing school. I mean, uh, or, you know, things to go. by. Oh, yeah. That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, and I mean, it is because it doesn't follow natural law and, and there's nothing no wrong sense, with yeah. the, if there's nothing wrong with a kid failing, if a kid's failing, that means he's not getting it. Or maybe the teacher's not doing the right job. I'll say that too. But if one kid's failing, like that kid needs extra help, focus on that individual, but don't dumb the whole class down, you know, to hope everyone passes because now you get brilliant kids and there's a lot of smart kids. I would say kids are very smart people until they get their way through the public education system. I mean, there's been studies that where they give kindergartners like, you know, not IQ tests, but these like things that are like to test their IQ and if they're like genius level and so many preschoolers and kindergartners 
can critically think and really observe stuff and find ways to solve these puzzles. And they usually pass with like a genius level score. And by the time they test them again, after they graduated, they can't do any of them. And that says something to me, you know, that says something to me because it's just, it's crazy to watch. And getting back to like the sexuality and stuff that was pushed more in like the high school level. I'm sure they're pushing oh, yeah, it more it's, now yeah, oh. at the younger ages with all the crazy shit going on in the world. I'm sure it's being introduced into, like, I know firsthand with, like, my stepson. He's 11. He's going into sixth grade. I know that they're introducing that stuff. He was, he was doing, th- like, learning about LGBTQ, every other letter that they put in there, too, stuff oh, in fifth okay. grade. Okay. So okay. I know this is happening. And... It's just crazy yeah. because, especially where I mean, we're in grade. New York, so it's fifth, it's liberal you town, grade, you know. That, like that's at fifth grade. You said that that's it. Yeah, I mean, my yeah. and again, I know kids talk to kids say stuff and do things. I get it, but like he just knows too yeah, much about it. Yeah, no, in my I'm opinion. A, yeah, I think that's. Then what bit. a. Oh. What was that? I didn't hear it. I think that might be like a little too young, in my opinion. Oh yeah, for, I mean, I, I, I hate to sound like a fucking you know a square or whatever, but no. like uh, Timmy, I don't know. Like no, I, I, really, I really don't think like you leave that shit alone until like you even know like like what you even wanted. I don't know. That's too early. I agree one hundred percent, and it's just like you know, like you're still playing with like I fucking mean, when toys I was younger, shit. like worry about that toys, <laughs> yeah, worry about exactly. that for a while. Exactly, man. And it's like these kids are just maturing faster. And I'm sure it has a lot to do with all sorts of conspiracies. The poison that's in the food, yeah. all this crazy stuff. But, um, yeah. Oh, here's another thing. I was just talking about this on another podcast with two two more stories. So, like, when I would go in and sub, uh, I, I used to love subbing for the special ed classes because they were the best kids. You know, hands down. They just, like, happy to learn just the nicest kids ever and they had this class like i would do it in the high school and you had kids that were you know 21 years old in these special ed classes but it was called a self-contained so they they weren't interacting with any of the other students but what i loved is that they had this class called life skills and they taught them how to you know write checks write letters how to you know fill out applications for jobs, oh, how to do that. It, it was awesome. And I was like, why aren't we teaching this to every kid? You know what I mean? Why aren't we doing this for like the seniors that can't, you know, fill out a college application sheet? Why aren't they That's learning really this kind of stuff? And it's just, it's just crazy to me that they, it, it really, they just are doing everything in their power to dumb us down. And, Something I wanted to touch on with you, because I know you have a you know, background in magic, and I, I feel mm-hmm. like this is partly related, is the fact that they don't teach cursive anymore. I've also I've started to think that myself. Uh, there's something behind that with occultism. I, I do. In my opinion, I, I do think uh, that has something to do with it, actually. Uh, sometimes, like, sigils or other... Uh, other languages that, in my opinion, like uh, like all right, Hebrew, um, those those letters in ceremonial magic can represent a few things, and 
Some of them might actually represent something that the letter kind of looks like drawn. Uh, so I think when it comes to cursive for the English language, uh, ideas like that might reflect in there. So if you're not writing cursive anymore, uh, it's kind of like, you know, now it's, you know, the smart people will know. You know what I'm saying? And the dumb won't know. Same thing with, like, magic and, you know, other stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's just yeah, keeping it more secret. It's just another way of keeping it secret, in my yeah. opinion. But, uh, but I do think uh, scriptive, uh, yeah, I think there is actually um, something to do with uh, occultism in that. I mean, it is, I've even talked about it on my own show. It is something I want to delve into more and maybe actually try to present the case on it. But, uh I mean, I know other people have maybe tried to, like, decipher the uh, English, you know, the English alphabet into, like, some sort of occult code, uh, you know, was the Book of the Law had shit like that in there, too, and then there's, like, um, some other book, I forgot what it's called, Euphonauts or whatever, that has some sort of, you know, uh, maybe, like, a, an English, uh, you know, occult uh, decoder in it. But I do think that there is uh, there is something up with the English language when it comes to occultism, and I do think a lot of it uh, is representations of like you know like uh, the letter E in my opinion can represent three a lot. So it could be just something as simple as spinning it around and maybe it looking like something else. It doesn't even have to be a number either. Some of the shapes of the letters, and I just think represent uh could even represent part of the body believe it or not yeah and, and yeah, then, and and then if you start you looking at it like that like <clears throat> like uh, it would be too much to get into but like if you were if you were to look at it as possibly being like coded like that when you see uh i hate to even say when you talk about covid if you were to look at that and mm-hmm. that would, to me, it makes a lot more sense of what that's actually saying. If I start looking at the English language in uh, in a coded sense in occultism that I, I think I might be on to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It actually is makes that, a is, lot more sense because you could actually start seeing almost like a story told with letters now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, have you seen the thing, too, where backwards it's spelled Divic? Which is, uh, you know. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, and, and shit like that, too. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just crazy. Because I'm thinking, too, along, like, for me personally, if I write a list out and I use my script and everything, I will get that list done. So I, I feel like there's some type of manifestation magic, too, that's written or, or involved when, when you write cursive. You know, you can kind of make things happen with that. And I... I, well, I could be completely wrong, but I think of part too. of that too is like dumbing these kids down. Yeah. They don't even handwrite anymore. Everything's done on computers now, and that yep. we, we saw that with yep. the the change. But I just wanted to tell you a funny story. So <clears throat> I detail cars now at a big dealership and stuff, and um, <laughs> there's these two guys that work with me. They're like 22, 23, so they're a couple years younger than me. And when you get a used car in there's tons of crap in there all the time and it's it's like a free-for-all you know if there's something good in there people take it once the car's traded in and this kid across the way he's a funny kid but he uh he found this note in a car and it was written in cursive and he's like sitting there staring at it like just looking at it 
<laughs> he comes over to me and he was like, Hey, I found this note in a car, man. And I was like, okay, what does it say? Is it anything good? And he's like, I don't know. I can't read it. And I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? You can't read it. Like, <laughs> I was like, is it written in Chinese or something? He's like, no, it's written, written in, in cursive. <laughs> oh like, yeah. Wow. All right. Let me see it. And I look at it and it wasn't even like messy cursive. This was like OCD, nice cursive. And it was just literally someone's shopping list that like fell under the seat. But he was just sitting there like staring at this thing. Like, what is, what are these magical hieroglyphs that I don't know what, what I'm looking at? And it was just kind of an eye opener to me. Like, like wow. wow. Yeah. They really, you know, they really aren't. And that's six, seven years from my age. So I was taught cursive. I had to learn it. Yeah, so it's I just crazy it, I mean, to see how quickly this degradation is, like this devolution. I of, can't remember high school or not, but I, I remember at least junior high. Like, I'm almost positive everything I did had to be in cursive. Mm. You know, like, that. that's yeah. just like how you had normally wrote in school. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy. I, I know there's something more to it, and, like, I, w- I want to dive more into it, too, because I, I oh, do no, think I there's something. I definitely think there's something to it, yeah, not for it, sure. Yeah, with handwriting and everything, too, because everything's done on a computer now. And it all goes back to, like, not grading kids on spelling because everything has spell check now. You don't have to, you know, actually think. And they don't really want you thinking. They want you to regurgitate so you can graduate, like I said before. That's, like, it's it's nuts, man. It's really crazy. It's all to keep us dumb and slaves. Yeah, I mean... What else do I got here? I mean, we could go on for hours if you want. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, if if you want, I mean, because we're at like 53 minutes now. I mean, we can cut it now, and I could always have you back on again anyway. Yeah, it's up to you, man. If you want to go into some more stuff or you want to, if you think you got enough or you want to. Yeah, no, I think think this is good. I think you can come back on. I'll have you back on in a couple of weeks. Oh, definitely, man. Same invites to you, too. You can come on to my show anytime. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. I actually, I mean, not to keep on saying, I actually had a good time on your show. I don't know what it was. I think maybe maybe the questions you asked are just different, so it was more exciting for me. You're too kind. You're too kind. <laughs> <laughs> but, um. Mm. All right. Yeah, oh, yeah. What Wasn't that like one of your, how many episodes did you have out already? I'm on my ninth one. I just released my that's ninth right, one. That's right, yeah. That's right, because I was like, damn, I'm like, this guy hasn't even been out that long, and he, he did a pretty decent interview. I was, like, impressed. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, because you. believe it or not, for me, I, I don't think... I think you do a lot better job, like, when you interviewed me, how I would with my guests. I mean, I, I just... I know I'm at the best, so I try to get good guests on, you know? But, oh, you're uh, doing but, great, man. And that's this is the thing, too, with this. And, like... Because I, I kind of struggle with this, like, asking people to come on. I always feel like I might be too stupid for a certain guest, or I might not have enough questions, but... I really feel like once you just start talking to people, yeah. the conversation's going to go, you know, and I just kind of take it wherever it kind of leans towards because that's how I, I that's how the magic happens for last, yeah. la, you know, lack of a better word, because, <laughs> you know, I mean, we we went into some stuff on my show and I was like, holy crap, you know, like <laughs> you were like, yeah. I've never told that story to anyone before. Exactly, so that's yeah. right. kind of cool. And I mean, we talked about some crazy stuff here. I mean, and yeah, it was funny. I, I wasn't even I was actually kind of expecting a little bit different of a story, but 
believe it or not, I think uh, listening to just that whole, you know, just kind of pushing kids through. I mean, that's that might be worse of what worse than what I was expecting to hear, really. Because I because yeah. when I you mean, really th- I, I think when you really think about it, I know it sounds so like oh, what's the big deal? I really do think that like that's just that really does fuck generations of kids. Oh, it does without a doubt. I mean, yeah. let alone do they, are they not learning anything? Which I mean, I, I'm starting to think now that all history is a lie anyway. But, yeah, no, um, no, I know. Yeah, I know what you're getting at. Yeah, but, but it's like you're you're creating a dependency on this system, and you're creating these like you'll never think you know, out sm- the box. You always just like, oh, I don't have to really, th- you know, you won't have to ever really right. think much or do much. You right, know? and we're seeing it now. Like, don't question authority. What the teacher's telling you, what the government is telling you. This is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to do it for the. We're all diverse here. You know, we're all here together. But what the hell are you doing? Why? Why aren't we questioning? I mean, yes. It, when you don't question and you don't think critically, it, is when you fail as a society. Because now you're open to whatever else comes in, whether that be communism, socialism, whatever. It's it, it's really dangerous. And the thing is, too, it's like it, it makes me think like some of these kids, they had such bright futures and now they're kind of like NPCs, you know, like they're just they're just robots oh, just going man. through the system. Yo, but, I mean, that, 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 that actually sounds pretty screwed up, but like you, you kind of nailed it on the head, in my opinion, with that. Because it really does. It's just like yeah. some of these people could just be like characters that are just going through the systems now. You know, or just going yeah. like through like the exact planned um, destiny, <laughs> you know. And that's 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 yeah, actually I, pretty shitty, but it's, uh, you know, that's kind of on point. Yeah, and I, I was there too. I mean, I just kind of did the college thing and, you know. In, like, 2016, when my son was born, I mean, I kind of woke up to all this stuff around 2011, 2012, and then once my son was born, I kind of, like, blue-pilled myself in a way, just because you're focusing on raising a kid, you're doing, and you just get lost in the system, but then, yeah. you know, the, the red pill just kept coming through, like, oh, no, don't do this, don't do that, don't, and you, you just, it gets to the point where you're like, I can't ignore this stuff anymore, I don't care what it costs me. I got to talk about it because this is insanity we're living in. It really is. And I totally yeah. agree with that. Yeah. Well, I thank you again for coming on the show, Nico. Um, please let everybody Thank you for having me, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. No, you'll be on again. Um, let everybody know where your stuff is at again one more time. Yes. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. Again, same to you. Come on anytime. Open invitation. Thank you, buddy. You can uh, find me at Upstate Unconventional at on Instagram. That's Upstate underscore Unconventional, and my podcast is Upstate Unconventional. It's on all the major platforms. We talked about paranormal, spiritual stuff, and lately we've been really diving into conspiracies and just things like this. So, yes, I just like having conversations with people and just expanding my own knowledge. So, yeah. It's a Check it it's out. a newer show, but I think it's uh, rather diverse, and you know I think it's good. So I suggest to go Thank check you. out this man's stuff. <laughs> and Thank you. And, Thank you. and we got to represent New York, man. We yes, exactly. Well, that, yeah, that's another thing too, for sure, for sure. How did how did mm-hmm. didn't we end up meeting? Because I think did I hit you up and I was like, "Yo, you're from New York." 
Yeah, so I think that's you came up in the in the Instagram suggestions, and I saw a lot of other people I was following followed you, and then you hit me up, and you were like, "You're not a liberal, are you?" <laughs> I was like, "No, man, I'm not a." Or you said a leftist. You're like, "You're not a leftist, are you?" <laughs> or a lefty. Like, Sometimes they say lefty. You're not a lefty. Are you? <laughs> I was like, "No, yeah, man, so no." And then we just started talking, and yeah, yeah. but yeah, Yo, see, York, that's, that's some real shit. That's he, so funny. Because that's how I met this guy. We, we met on Instagram, and I was just like, oh, this dude's from New York, man. We've got to fucking stick together. Exactly. Because, unfortunately, there's not a lot of straight-thinking <laughs> people anymore. It's, <laughs> well, it's not, crazy. Especially not in New York. I mean, I, I think, uh, I don't know. I'm hoping that might start getting better. Who knows? I think it is. I really think it is, man. I think more people are starting to wake up. The more they push this crap that they're pushing more people are starting to say no. Yeah. And then they start messing with the kids. I think it's going to, I think it's going to be over. I'm very positive and I like to put that positive. Well, I I have, I will say I have heard other people on the left, the Democrats or like more of like real Democrats. uh, Mm -hmm. Actually, he's like saying like, this is just ridiculous now. I mean, the whole like social justice and racism shits. They're even like, come on, this shit's played the fuck out. Like it's done. Leave it alone. You know, right. you've already gotten what you got out of, you know, you're already caused enough bullshit. Let that shit go. Let's, let's, let's get it over with these fucking masks. I mean, I'm even hearing people on the left, like getting aggravated with the, some of this shit now. It's enough is enough people. Yeah. And, and again, it doesn't oh, matter on, what on. side you're on. Basic human rights. Yeah, yeah we got to stick together real, because real, that's what they want to do. They want to divide us and make us fight. So we don't pay attention to what the hell they're doing. So. Yes. Yes. We just got to stick together. No matter what your politics are, remember we're all people. We're all in this for the same reason. We want to help each other. We want to have a better society. Exactly. Not deal with this nonsense, tyrannical bullshit that's been going on. So. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think we'll leave it there again. So, yes, that is is Nico from uh, uh, Upstate Unconventional, right? Or did I say it backwards again? You got it right. Thank right. you, man. Yes, Thank yes. You. So, uh, yes, please go check out his stuff. Uh, and if you like this episode, please uh, like, subscribe, uh, share it, pass it on. You know, send it to a friend. Send it to somebody to piss them off. If you didn't like it, just send it out. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and go please check out Nico's stuff. And, Nico, thank you so much for coming on, bud. Thank you, Patriot. I'll be in contact soon. Sounds good, brother. And until the next one, everybody be well. Later.